For tuning in to the 486th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Earls Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I thank you for making me in this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Everett, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcast, the Apple platform, you may be listening to me via being recorded from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, per the new usual. Gonna have a great podcast for all you guys today. Going to have Eli Weisberger on to talk about the New England Patriots, Belichick, McDaniels. Some of the best quarterbacks around the league, as well as some other NFL tidbits and notes. Now, before we get to that conversation, I'm going to give my shameless plug. As always, first-time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify, everything timestamped. And you can click on the timestamp and it'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter. At Nightrain underscore Lane and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane, you'll find that I post two five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review for some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't say anything because you know, as mama told you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. So, before we get to my conversation with Eli, I'm gonna give a little bit of a life update. I don't know if you guys could have heard it in my voice right now or on the podcast I did with Kenny, but uh, I have COVID-19. Yep, that's right, folks. Rona. Coronavirus. Uh, My mom had it uh, Thursday, I believe. She came home. She was sick. Uh, I was around her in the same room with her. Then Friday, I started to notice uh, feeling a little bit under the weather. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's nothing. Then Saturday, I'm kind of like, yeah, man, I definitely have it. And at first, I didn't think it because actually on that Thursday, when my mom came home from work and had it, uh, me and my brother, who both live with my mom, we both tested and we both came uh, COVID negative. And that was also, in my case, because uh, the COVID cells probably hadn't built it up in my body yet. But then it gets to Friday, obviously, uh, start feeling a little bit of sick. Uh, stomach starts to ache a little bit of some, a little bit of a sore throat. Just don't feel particularly well. Then we get to Saturday and it starts to get even a little bit worse. And you start feeling a little bit of body aches, uh, headaches, and uh, you're really tired. I was really tired, and I'm like, I definitely have COVID. So then I test myself on Saturday, and I'm still negative. And I'm just looking at myself, and I'm like, I have COVID. Uh, so then it comes to Sunday. Uh, watching the games, I still don't feel well. Uh, I feel kind of sore, tired, even though I stayed up all of Sunday to watch all the football games, of course. Uh, I didn't want to do much. Uh, sore throat, uh, dizzy, stomach was aching a little bit, sneezing, coughing. And then I tested myself again, and then I got COVID positive. Uh so then I pushed through it. Me and Kenny did a pod Sunday night. Then Monday. Monday could have been the worst day. Monday, I just crashed. Uh, I was asleep all of Monday, just resting. 
Uh, didn't even watch all of Monday Night Football. Dallas Cowboys versus New York Giants. I probably watched about the first quarter. Then I was out. I slept out of the 24 hours in the day. Uh, I was probably sleeping from 9 to 3. And then I was up from like 4 to 7. Then like the rest of that I was out, right? So I just wasn't awake most of Monday at all. Uh, and then the Sunday pop too, as I was doing it with Kenny, I was like, I am dying. Cause I like, I want to troop through it. Uh, I don't like missing pods and midway through the pod with Kenny. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I found it within, uh, you know, that eye of the tiger and I got it done. And now it's Tuesday and, uh, I feel really good. Uh, I usually run, uh, sometimes I'll run eight miles. I feel like I could have ran eight miles today. Uh, I feel really good. I know my voice doesn't sound particularly great, but, uh, my body, my mind, uh, no headaches as much. Uh, the stomach's fine. Uh, I feel good to go, and I feel kind of back to my normal self. Wasn't sleeping at all. So uh, that Monday was kind of really the worst of it. Uh, that Sunday night all the way to uh, Tuesday morning, and that was kind of the rough patch, uh, the peak of the storm, right? And now I'm feeling much, much better. So just want to let everybody know what's going on. Your boy finally got COVID. Through this two and a half years of the pandemic of, of COVID-19 being out there, uh, haven't gotten COVID at all, at least not tested positive for COVID. Uh, and I've been out plenty of times, right? Uh, kept my normal life living for the most part during this whole time. Uh, and I finally got it. And uh, blessed, thankful, safe, not on any ventilators or anything. My mom's fine. Uh, but now that I'm kind of through the worst of it, uh, feeling good. So cut him next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Eli Weisberger on the show. Cut him next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Eli Weisberger with us. How you doing, man? I am good. Thank you for having me. So, first question for you, Eli. New England Patriots, 1-1. One a one. little bit of a disappointing game against the Miami Dolphins. First week of the season, kind of rebound against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Win a tough, grimy football game. Where are you at with the Patriots right now? Um, I think they are not that good, and I think they are not a playoff team. Um, the offense has looked really bad. They're averaging, you know, 12 points per game through the first two games, and one of their only touchdowns was off a must punt, in, like, near the red zone uh, against Pittsburgh. So they've barely driven the ball downfield all the way for a touchdown through the first two games. And I think their defense is pretty good. I mean, I think it was a good sign that, you know, the Ravens, who was supposed to be a pretty good defense, gave up 42 points to the Dolphins, while the Patriots only gave up, the Patriots defense only gave up 13 points to that same Dolphins offense, and it was on the road. Um, Because one of the Dolphins touchdowns in week one against the Patriots was a uh, fumble recovery. 
So I think the defense is pretty solid, as is usual with a Belichick team. I don't think the offense is good. Um, and I don't think Mac Jones has been good at all in the first two games. What do you think is the biggest reason for Mac Jones' struggle? Because he was kind of the best out of all those rookies last year, and he's a guy that kind of really for New England to take the next step offensively, you would want to see enough taking place. So what do you think that reason is why he hasn't been able to uh, kind of recapture that magic he had last year? Um, I think it's the arm strength. It's not good. He, he does not have good arm strength at all. Yeah, that was always the thing with him coming out of the draft. Uh, but he didn't have, the thing is, though, he didn't have a really strong arm though last year. I know. Yeah, with Matt, what do you think then is the future for Mac going to be? Do you think then if it seems there's this really, uh, there's a limit with Mac, do you think that means eventually doing England will look at getting off of him? Mm, I don't think so right now, but not after two games, not after two shaky games. I mean, they spent a first round pick on him. Um, so they're not anytime soon they're going to consider you know, trying to get off of Mac Jones. I still think, you know, his ceiling is, you know, Kirk Cousins tier. I don't think he's ever going to be a top 10 quarterback in the league. Um, but, you know, there's still time uh, in this season. So hopefully he, you know, bounces back and proves um, so the Patriots can have some more faith in him. How big of a difference has it been with New England without having Josh McDaniels and now they have the combination of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia? Um, the biggest difference I've noticed is like the deep shots and like the deep shots don't work out at all. Like there's been more deep shots with Patricia and Judge than with McDaniels and I think McDaniels knew what he was doing. Um, not going deep downfield with Mac Jones. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest difference I've noticed so far through the first two games. It's still not a very creative or an imaginative offense at all. It's really bland. Um, but, you know, Aguilar stepped up. Uh, week two, Jacoby Myers has been reliable for, like, feels like forever now. Um, but Devontae Parker hasn't been good. And Tyquan Thornton, their second-round pick, has not played yet. So with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who is actually calling the plays? Um, I, think it, I think it's Matt Patricia 
and Joe Judge. I think it's both of them. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Do you? I know. <laughs> what was I your? Think, re- I think Patricia. I think Patricia is calling more of the place than Judge. What was your reaction as a fan when you heard that? That was what the best Bill Belichick had come up with. Um, I was disappointment. I think that Bel- I think it's really stupid that Belichick um, won't, you know, name an offensive coordinator, or hire an offensive coordinator, and just stick with what he knows and Judge and Patricia, who've never had any offensive coordinating experience and who were abject failures as head coaches. Um, and I think it just shows how stubborn Belichick is and stuck in his ways. Do you think it's also possible, and I've been thinking about this, uh, when you have a lot of success like how Bill's had, you are very uh, despondent to change, right? Because it's like, why would I, if it's not broke, you know, don't fix it. Uh, Josh McDaniels, who was there, he was there for a very long time. He came under the New England system. Bill O'Brien, kind of a guy he knew, kind of ushered in, right? So Bill Belichick, he's a guy that... uh, he prefers to have homegrown guys who come up through the system and kind of knows how he does business, kind of that Bills Parcells mindset. And I don't think he's a very, he's a guy who's very interested in, you know, okay, I'm going to pick from this tree. I'm going to pick from that tree. I'm going to go, uh, I want a Mike McDaniels. I want a Kevin O'Connell with guys who completely have a different philosophy on the way they view football. I don't think that's something that is very interesting. Uh, something that he's very interested in uh, partaking in in terms of working with and how he wants the offense to run. So I think and then it kind of comes down to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, two guys he knows and two guys that I think he clearly trusts and there's a high level of respect. So at what point do you think there needs to be like an intervening of, let's say, Robert Kraft? And he's like, OK, you know, I get that you've won all these Super Bowl rings, but it's like these dudes aren't aren't it. Like they're they're not the guys that aren't gonna take our young quarterback who we drafted in the first round to the next level and take this offense to the next level and have us competing for Super Bowl rings again. Yeah, one hundred percent that's one of my main worries is that I don't think I think Belichick is pretty you know washed up as not as a coach, um, but as a GM, I think he's not that great of a GM. I mean, it's take, taken him how long to find, like, a really true X receiver again? Still can't find one. Um, the tight ends are underperforming, like Hunter Henry. and Hunter Henry was good last year, but Johnny Smith is way overpaid for the production they've gotten out of him so far. He's a genius when it comes to defense, so no, no, no complaints there. But he's not good when it comes to offense, drafting offense. Um signing people, trading for them, except for offensive line. He's good at building a lines. But I think, I mean, I would love for Belichick to be the coach and then give the GM job to someone else, but he would never go for that. And that's like the main concern. It's kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place with, you know, Belichick the GM and Belichick the coach. Like, like there, I don't think there's any way he would give up his general manager duties. But that's if Rockcraft told him to. I don't know. I think he just might retire then. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it is interesting with Belichick, right? Uh, being a good GM and being a good head coach are two completely different things. And oftentimes, Bill Belichick, the head coach, has kind of saved Bill Belichick, the GM. And I also think, too, and I do in your opinion, I, I think a lot of times with the Patriots draft guys, I think Bill gets into his head. I want guys who really fit my system. And I think maybe he goes for less talented guys that he thinks yeah. fits, quote-unquote, the Patriot way instead of, you know, this guy might be a little bit more rough around the edges, uh, but he's more talented. But like, and, and here's something that I don't think is like been talked about enough or mentioned enough by like anybody when it comes to the Patriots and Belichick as a GM, is that he had Tom Brady continuously taking pay cuts, and like Tom Brady was like consistently the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the league year in and year out. He kept taking pay cuts for Belichick to um, build uh, around the team, defense and offense, to build around Tom Brady with the, that extra money. And now he doesn't have, you know, I know he has Mac Jones on a rookie contract, but nobody else is taking pay cuts for Belichick anymore. And I feel like he doesn't know what to do with the cap. Like, they're, they barely have any cap space, and that team isn't even. That team should not be as bad as it is with as much money as they have into the team. So I don't think he knows how to manage the money without people taking pay cuts. That's a good point too, and also the best way to find cheap assets is the draft. Right. That's really the best way, and I would think you would agree. Would you say New England's a bottom fifteen team in terms of talent? Like, like, for example, let's start with the AFCs, because they're in the AFCs. The Bills are clearly yeah. more talented. The yeah, Dolphins Bills, are more talented. The Dolphins, yeah. They're more the talented. The Ravens. The Ravens. The uh, Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. Uh, the Chiefs. The Chargers. Um, the Raiders. Um, the Broncos. I don't know about the Broncos. I don't know. Would you say the Browns are more talented? No. Um, I, with with Watson, yes. So I guess you could with Watson, yes. So that's like eight teams, and then the NFC got the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Packers, the Bucks, the Saints. Yes, they're, yeah, they're a bottom 15 team in terms of talent, I think. Yeah, so when, yeah, and you're looking at all that, then it's just kind of, it's like, what are you going to do? Uh, how do you think this all ends this year? Do you think, like, Bill would be like, hey, we're going to bring back Patricia and Joe Judge their OCs? Or do you think this year he would kind of finally learn and be like, you know what, maybe I should go a different way? Well, I, I just think that Belichick just sticks with what he knows. And he knows Patricia and he knows Joe Judge. And I think he's just, like I said before, I think he's just stubborn. 
think, like, obviously I would have preferred for him to find a new offensive coordinator and doesn't, like, that doesn't have to be someone who, you know, used to coach for him or is coaching for him. Like, someone, it could, like, been an outside hire that he's, you know, never worked with before. But I don't see that realistically happening with with Belichick. How many more years? Which is disappointing. How many more years do you think Belichick's going to coach? I have no idea. I think he's going to coach uh, at least five more years. Really? Wouldn't that take him at like 75? Yeah. Wow. Is the end for Belichick going to be good? Do you think the ends are going to be good? What do you mean by that? Uh, will, he be the, will he be the old guy who overstays his welcome? Entirely possible. Like it, it, it might be like we might be seeing the beginning of that right now. <laughs> yeah, that is a kind of a a crazy thing to think about. Is but you would you still say uh, Bill Belichick is the best coach in the NFL? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I think he's the best coach of all time. Okay, so then here's my question. What would he have to do then right now for you to say that, okay, Andy Reid in current times is better than him or Sean McVay in current times is better than him? I mean, Sean Sean McVay's won one Super Bowl with, like, an insanely stacked roster. Um, uh, So definitely not McVay. McVay will have to prove that he can do more with less. I think McVay's a really good coach, but he had an insanely stacked roster last year. Um, and Andy Reid, I think he just gets to get it done more in the playoffs. I know he finally got the Super Bowl, but I think he needs to do more, like have a more of a success, playoff success. Then is it fair to say, then let's say this, out of the last four years, it would be fair to say that Bill Belichick has not been the best coach in football? The last how many years? Four years. Let's say four to five years. Um, I still think he has been really, really good. Uh, maybe he's he's definitely not the best offensive mind or anywhere close, but he's definitely the best defensive-minded coach in the league still. Maybe maybe he isn't the best overall coach in the league anymore now, but he's definitely the best defensive coach in the league still. Do you think any part of Belichick's decision-making, because a lot of is made about this nationally as a narrative, is the whole Tom Brady thing. Do you think that's something he thinks about at all? No. I don't think he thinks about it. So you think that's overplayed? Well, yeah. Yeah, naturally that's going to get talked about. But the media is going to think about it and talk about it way more than Bill is. So how do you actually think that situation is then? What situation? Like his relationship with Brady? or His what? relationship with Brady in terms of how... He does moves now because people make it look like, look like okay, 
Bill has to win because if Bill's thinking like, okay, Tom already won in Tampa Bay. Now people are going to make me look like I was nothing without Tom Brady, right? I didn't do good in Cleveland. Tom Brady came in after Drew Bledsoe got hurt. We had all the success. Tom Brady leaves. We go on a downward spin. And then Tom Brady still in the playoffs competing for Super Bowls. No, I I don't think he thinks like that. I think he's content with uh, himself. I don't do not think... Uh, he second guesses himself at all. I don't think he feels. Like, I don't think he feels he has anything to prove. Who do you think deserves the most credit for the dynasty? I think they both deserve credit equally. I think they needed each other. That's pretty reasonable. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. And then cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to talk a little bit more NFL. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? Like, really, why bet on football literally anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you play, a $5 bet on any football game. That's good at TBN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We have Eli Weisberger with us. So, Eli, Buffalo Bills, they absolutely dominate, chillax, abuse, use the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football. Are you buying the hype? Are the Bills the best team in the NFL? Yes. I thought they were the best team um, going in. And I don't know... Um, why people thought like that it was a surprise that the Bills um, blew out the Rams in week one because I thought I did not think that game was going to be close because I thought the Rams got worse and the Bills got better uh, I don't see anyone as close to as good as them uh, top to bottom in terms of roster do you think this team has the potential, has like 07 Patriots potential? Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. We're through two weeks, so I don't know. I think it's a little early uh, to uh, make a invoke proclamation o- on that. Yeah. <laughs> invoke the 07 Patriots? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is a little far. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting with the Bills. 
uh, I didn't quite know how good they were until, you know, you kind of just see them play because even though they got Vaughn, I was kind of like the other guys in the defensive line. I was just thinking last year, how big of a step is everybody going to take? And not only is everybody on the defensive line took it a step, they go waves. Everybody on that defensive line is good, and they just keep coming and coming. And Von Miller looks even better than he was last year. And obviously the secondary is one of the best in the NFL with Boyer and Hyde. And uh, Their rookies are playing well, but their secondary is very good. Tyron Johnson, all those guys. And then the offense, they they arguably have like the best offense and the best defense in the NFL. And that's what just makes a killer. There's really nothing you can do. <laughs> about the best defense. Um, but I definitely think they have the best offense in the NFL. How close do they... Like, I think they're like top five in both offense and defense at least. How close do you think a team like the Chiefs are to them? So you're very high on the Chargers. Yeah, I'm very high on the Chargers. We'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see how Justin Herbert's ribs hold up, though. That's like that. That could be concerning. When you look at Josh Allen, where do you think he ranks among quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Um, I think he's top three. So you'd have? Would you have him third on that top three? So one would be Mahomes for you. Yeah, one is Mahomes. And it's three Herbert. Yes. Oh, actually, Eli, we we agree completely on that. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I, that's my top three. Why do you think there's so much Herbert hate? Because I know people who will tell me that they don't think Herbert's like a top eight quarterback in the NFL, and I just think that's crazy. Uh, I think because people are still obsessed with like team success. And he hasn't made the playoffs yet, even though, you know, record and making the playoffs and Super Bowl rings, that's a team accomplishment, not an individual accomplishment. And so people are, there's still a lot of people who are hung up on, you know, record and stuff. And he hasn't made the playoffs yet. Uh, Even though I don't think, I think it's a BS argument. Well, I I know it's a BS argument. I think that's the reason. And it's actually interesting, too, because when you mention those three guys, those guys have... Th- those are the three best arms in the NFL, right? Like, And Rodgers. Rodgers, too. The Rodgers, too, yeah. is in there. And Rodgers is probably in your top five, too, as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's uh, no coincidence that those would be your four. So how would you round out the five, then? Who's the, who's the next guy? So then Brady's not in your top five. 
don't think so. He's probably he's definitely in like top seven. How long for you has Brady been out of your top five? Um, I don't know. Probably for a while since twenty. I don't know twenty eighteen. I don't know. I mean, I could see an argument for him be, being top five, I guess. Um, but I don't think he is. I think, uh, like, I like I know he's great and he's, like, the greatest of all time, but where would he be now if he didn't have the weapons that he's had with Tampa? That's, like, where I'm at with it. You know, Lamar has had significantly worse weapons than Brady. But couldn't we argue this with Brady that he does... There are some guys who do more with less. He does the most with the most. Like, when you give him the most talent, he'll always be able to maximize that talent. Yeah, and, that, and that's why he's like a top seven quarterback for me. But I, I don't think that's enough to put him into the top fives. Where would when you when there's guys like you know Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, Rogers, Lamar, all freaks of nature, <laughs> all unique freaks yeah. of nature. Exactly. The, the quarterback position has so evolved. Like ten years ago, the guys were Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and now the the way the quarterbacks play now is just completely different all five of those guys could all really run the Lamar can really really run all have very good arms even Lamar I think Lamar has a very underrated arm can throw for multiple different release points very good scramblers quick releases where do you and I think and I think I definitely have Brady at six like coming right outside the top five yeah I think he's definitely better than Burrow and and I think he's better than Kyler and Dak. Um, so, yeah, I think I have Brady at six. I think he's better than Stafford. So when I did, uh, over the summer, I did a little project where I kind of did a top 40 quarterback rankings. And I think off the top of my head, the, like the top was I had Mahomes one, Allen two, I had at three, I had Herbert at three. Four, I had Rodgers. Five, I had Burrow, actually. Six, I had Brady. Seventh, I had Stafford. Eight, I had Russell Wilson. Ninth, I had Deshaun Watson. Ten, I had Lamar, though Lamar would be much higher now. Uh, Eleven was Derek Carr. Twelfth, was Dak Prescott, 13th was Kyler, 14th was Kirk Cousins, 15th was Matt Ryan, that would be much lower now, 16th was, that would be much lower, that would be much lower. Uh, Yeah. Lamar would be like the biggest riser, and Lamar Lamar would be the biggest riser, Matt Ryan would be the biggest follower. I think Lamar actually, I think Matt Ryan actually hit the cliff Max Kellerman was talking about when Max Kellerman said Brady was going to hit the cliff. I think yeah, that yeah, actually I happened to Matt Ryan. What you're about. But, uh, uh, I 
think you have Burrow too high. Okay, so then what's your stance? Tell me your stance on Burrow then. I mean, I think he's, I think he's good, really, really good, above average, but um, he did not like, you know, carry that team to Super Bowl. Uh, like, the offense wasn't even that great uh, in the playoffs. Um, and I think he takes way too many sacks. Uh, people are, have been blaming the the old line so far this year, and they're they're partially to blame. But he holds onto the ball way too long. Like sacks are mainly a quarterback stat, not an old line stat. Um, he has he's had enough time to throw, and he just takes the sack instead. Um, so yeah, and I definitely think there are five quarterbacks better than him. Probably at least six. Really? See, I... Yeah. With Burrow... See, with Burrow... I, I would take Burrow over Brady. I'll just be honest straight up. I would rather take Burrow over Brady, personally. Uh, though I guess it's close. I guess if somebody told me they'd rather Brady over Burrow, I wouldn't think it's too crazy. Yeah, well, I think Brady's got a better arm, and I think he, Brady has... Well, I know for a fact Brady has better pocket presence than Burrow. I don't really think, like, the only thing Burrow does better than Brady is is run with the ball, scramble, and also Brady's way smarter than Burrow. Like, Brady's smarter than everybody, but I, I think, I don't really think there's much Burrow does that's better than Brady. Here's my issue with Brady. I, I think Brady doesn't, my, my issue with Brady is, one, when he's pressured, uh, He's not a very good thrower under pressure. And he he can't scramble, too, as well. And even when when he is pressured, like, his throwing just becomes awful. Like, like he's not... Like, Tom Brady isn't willing to get hit. For the most part. He's really not willing to get hit. Like, if it comes down to somebody's come, about to come open 15 yards down the field, or he has to get hit, like, Brady's just going to go down. Which I guess I well, understand, I, too, because he's 44 actually, years old. But Well, I actually do think Brady has better pocket, pocket presence than Burrow, for sure. It's one of his strongest traits. One of the reasons he is the greatest of all time is his pocket presence and his ability you know, not to take sacks, step up in the pocket, his throw accurately. No, I agree. No, I'm saying when he has to move off his spot now. Like, when he's forced with the rush to move off his spot, I don't think he's now as accurate as he used to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, I said that, you know, Burrow's a better scrambler, but I don't think that's enough uh, for me to consider him better than Brady. I think Brady is better at more things. That's fair. That's fair. You have Brady. So would you have Brady then... How high would you? So you think how how much how much better do you think Brady is than Burrow? Then, um, I think he's like I'm not the highest on Burrow, but I think Brady's probably significantly better. So you and I de- also Deshaun Watson. Like I hate the guy because of what he did. I think he's a terrible person, but when he's playing, he's undoubtedly better than Burrow, and he's undoubtedly 
better than the ninth best quarterbacks as well. Well, Deshaun was. I put Deshaun at ninth because he hasn't played he hasn't in like played in two years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I just want. I just want to you know set that straight. That that's that when, fair. When he is playing, he's like top five. Yeah. No. If. I was going off when he played last. I would have put him at fifth, actually. Yeah. I would have actually moved Burrow to six. I would have moved Burrow to six. I would have moved Brady to seventh. I would have moved Stafford to eight. I would have put him at fifth, and I would have put him behind Herbert uh, if, if Deshaun was. If Deshaun was playing. I, I just can't. I, I, I don't feel comfortable putting a guy in the top five, let alone what he was accused of. I mean, that's a whole different thing, but. Yeah. He just hasn't played football in a year and a half. So, I mean, yeah, like... No, that's, that's fair. That's why I... I, uh, I, um... I don't rank him at all for that reason. That's why I don't like to rank him at all. Yeah. Cleveland really butchered that whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they... They they're like the most hated franchise now in, in football. Yeah, I, mean, I don't blame it. And the NFL too. I mean, it was it was definitely a, yeah. an unideal situation with what went down there. Uh, where do you stand on somebody like Trevor Lawrence and how good he can get and how quickly? Um, I, I'm still, I still think he can be really, really good. I mean, he's got incredible arm talent. He's got good pocket presence, great pocket presence, even. Um, he just needs to work on his accuracy. And, um, I didn't get to watch the Jaguars game week two. Did you get to see that game at all? I got to see bits and pieces of it. So how did he do in that? Uh, I, I heard that he did a lot better in that game. He looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. Really accurate, smooth yeah, throwing. Right, like I think we could see a lot more of that. Like, but obviously, this is a you know, usually if quarterbacks are going to be stars, they show up by year two. So this is like this is where we'll this year we'll find out if he can be a star or not. So you think he could fall into the Josh Allen Herbert tier of player? Yes, I think that's his potential. Where do you stand on somebody then like Trey Lance? Um, I have no idea. I, it really sucks that he got hurt. Because now he's barely, he's going to have only three starts under his belt in two years. So he's really, you know, behind the eight ball now. It really sucks for him. But I, I, I thought he had, ta- like, a lot of talent. But he just needed time to develop. And this is really going to hurt him. So we may never know because of the century. Like, honestly, we may never know. I hope that's not the case. Yeah, it's really... What do you think? Uh, I, uh, Trey... Well, you know me. I, I I've never been super high on uh, Trey. Uh, he is raw. I, I mean, he is talented, but raw, and th- that's something that I don't think is undeniable. Uh, he's caught in a tough situation. I don't know what is going to end up happening because I, if like 
the Niners win the Super Bowl, is he going to come back and is he going to be the starter? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just... And again, he, he needs to work on throwing. He needs to throw. Uh, rehabbing from a broken ankle isn't helping him get better at the quarterback position. So, I mean, that sets him behind. And also, like, we have to remember, he was a guy who was, like, I believe he was recruited as a safety coming out of high school. Like, he wasn't really a thrower coming out of high school, so he doesn't have a lot of reps there. When he was a freshman at North Dakota State, he redshirted. When he started as a redshirt freshman, uh, they were throwing it 15 times a game and just running the ball in eye formation. And uh, as a redshirt sophomore, they played that one game. He didn't even look good that one game. Uh, and that was the COVID year. And then he was basically back up to Jimmy G last year, and then this year he played a game, and now he's gone. So, I mean, he hasn't really there, thrown a lot. There's someone who's like as raw as him, who needs the reps. Correct, correct. A- absolutely, absolutely. And it's different from somebody like for Trevor Lawrence, who I'm sure when Trevor Lawrence was in eighth grade, he was playing quarterback and he was throwing 40 times a game. Same with Justin Fields. Like, even Zach Wilson, like, I feel like these guys are on a different type of timeline. Like, he just hasn't, he just actually has not played the position enough. He just has not, I, I don't think he's ever thrown, I don't think Trey Lance has ever thrown the ball more than 40 times a game. And he's going to be entering his third year of the NFL next time he plays a game. Think about that. Yeah. What I will tell you is, I don't like all the hate that came on Kyle Shanahan when everybody was talking about. He shouldn't have been running QB power. The reason why he's running QB power is because Trey Lance isn't particularly that great of a thrower of the football. That's why he's running QB power. That's why they're running triple options. That's why they're doing draws on third down. It's because Trey Lance isn't a great thrower right now. And also, you know, running the ball is part of football. Like, and so are injuries. You cannot blame the coach for that. That's just like... Nobody would have said anything if Lance didn't get hurt, you know? Nobody would have said, oh, that's a risky play. He could have gotten hurt. If he just got up and kept playing, nobody would have said anything because it's normal. And it's, it just feels like revisionist history. Correct. And it's what Trey Lance does best. Like, why wouldn't he run the football? Like, it's not like... It just... I wonder when people say these things if, like, they understand what they're really saying. Like... It's literally what Trey Lance does best. Why wouldn't Kyle run him? I think the Chicago Bears should run Justin Fields more. I'm of the mind frame that the Eagles should probably run Jalen Hurts more as well. When you have these dudes who are really good athletes, it adds a numbers advantage in the run game. Why wouldn't you? And particularly if they're not great throwers, you should run them. And I don't even, and dare I say, if you have to run them into the ground, maybe you do that too. I don't know. Maybe they have to become a better thrower. But if that's the way to move the chains and you're trying to win games, else you're going to get fired as a head coach, that's what you have to do. I think it's stupid to sit here and have a really good athlete at quarterback and be like, we're only going to run it one time a game and he's going to scramble two times a game and we're going to throw 40 times a game, even though he's not really good at throwing. To me, that makes no sense. Yeah, it, it, it's stupid, and it, it deserves the ar- argument that it's Shanahan's fault deserves no credence. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's the, it's the same thing that people are saying, oh, it's the same thing with RG3. It's like, oh my gosh, like, I, I don't. I, I think a lot of it, too, is that a lot of people don't like Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
I, I think part of it's because I think people thought he thinks he gets golden treatment because of who his father was. I think also people are kind of always like, and you know, the wins and losses community in football. Uh, yeah. 500 record or almost a losing record. Super Bowl, what happened with the Falcons and then in the Super Bowl against yeah, the Chiefs. So I think Kyle's a guy that uh, not a lot of people. Uh, He's not as high as you know as you would think, which to me is crazy because to me he's literally he's a top ten coach in the NFL and he's a top three play caller in the NFL and to me he's also the best run game play caller in the NFL. Oh, easily, easily the best run designer. Yeah, which is why I don't understand why people are criticizing for having Trey Lance run the ball. Like what? Like what? But with Jimmy, uh, I, I think the Niners will actually be better now, which is also unfortunate. And I think this... I, but I still think... I, I do agree, like, the Niners... I think the Niners' floor is higher, but their ceiling is lower with Jimmy. I mean, well, they've gotten to the Super Bowl with them in the NFC Championship game, so, I mean, that's that's one hell of a, a floor. Yeah, that, team was, that team was better, though. The team that made the Super Bowl had a better roster. Correct. Especially better defense. Yeah, they, that defense was very good. Yeah. That defense was very good. But, I mean, they almost a play again from getting back to the Super Bowl. They almost did it. So, I, I mean, and I think even with Jimmy, I mean, I think they'll Their be... Their O-line is worse. Their O-line is worse than it was last year, even. Um, That's true. I don't, I don't worry about that as much, particularly when it comes to running the ball. I, I feel like... As they get close towards the end of the season, uh, I feel like that no, will I get. Don't, I don't worry about that running the ball, but passing it, it, it matters. Yeah, inside pressure. Oh. But I mean, I think you could do more quick passing with Jimmy Garoppolo, and also they'll do stuff like bootlegs. I, I, I guess I don't worry about that as much. I, I feel like they will find a way to mask that uh, for the most part. I don't think that will be. Uh, a super Achilles Hill. And I still think in terms of talent, I, I still think they still have one of the better rosters in the NFC. Yeah, the NFC is weak. Yeah, I mean, they're, so I'd be... They definitely benefit from a, a weak conference. Uh, but I still, maybe maybe the, the floor is raised with Jimmy G now and for, for this year, but it's still like, it's not good. For the Niners, for Lance to get hurt at all. That's true. I do. I think it makes it easier because I. Here's the one thing I will say, which was also going to be very interesting. If Trey Lance kept playing poorly, eventually there will be a moment where Kyle Shanahan does have to some extent sacrifice the future because you can't have guys like Debo Samuel and George Kittle, Trent Williams, and Bosa in the locker room, and then you're like, we're just like talking about the future, like when they clearly all believe that the best guy is on the bench. Because if you do that, then dudes are going to start looking at you sideways. So I do think it makes the situation easier in terms of that, in terms of they actually had to pull Trey Lance in terms of if he just wasn't playing well. Because at the end of the day, this team does view themselves as a Super Bowl contender and a playoff contender. So there's only so much that you can preach to these other guys about we're building for the future when these guys are looking like we're trying to win right now. Say like Lance, if Lance continues to play poorly, but you know he had one game and and there was like pouring rain, so don't really judge him for that much. 
and then he didn't even get to play in in that second game. So we have no idea, really, what Lance was going to be like. And I wouldn't even say that he was that wouldn't even go as far as to say he was playing poorly yet. I didn't think. Well, I, you're right. It wasn't the driving rain. It, it was in the rain. Uh, to me, it still didn't look good. I mean, I also think Justin Fields threw a lot better than him in the rain. I do think also his play last year. But yeah, he, he could have improved a lot. That I, I will give you. But I, I will say this. I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is like still a better thrower of the football. And I would say even if he did play this year, I would be I would be a little shocked that by the end of this year I was saying like, oh my gosh, Trey Lance is so much a better thrower than Jimmy Garoppolo. Because I, I think the issues Trey Lance is, I, I don't think this is necessarily something you just fix in a season. And it's like, oh, okay, he's magically just way better than Jimmy. I, I, don't, I don't think that gap gets closed that quickly anyway. I think it's something that takes months. Even for some people, it could take years of repetition and muscle memory from where he started at to where he's trying to get to. Lance? Yes. Yeah. And that's why it really sucks, like, that he's out for the season. Like, he'll have three starts in his first two seasons now. And he's he was a really raw, so he needs these reps. Who's the team you like in the NFC the most? Which team do I like in the NFC the most? Yes. Um, the Bucks. The Bucks. I definitely like the Bucks the most. So their the offense Bucks, is... The Bucks and the Eagles. Really? The Eagles? Okay, so you're on the Jalen Hurts train. Well, yeah, I think... I don't even need to be on the Jalen Hurts train. Uh, their roster is great. Even that's, that's surrounding Hurts. Uh, and I think he's good enough. And I do, th- I am like, I am on the Hurts train, but even if you don't think Hurts is like that good, I still think the Eagles are one of the top teams in the NFC, just because of the surrounding talent. Eagles and Bucks. So do you have any concern about Brady and the offense for the Bucks? Um, I don't think so. I, I don't think, not right now. Um, the old line, I guess. I have concern again. Like I have concern for their old line. They lost Alex Kappa. They lost Ali Marquette. They lost Ryan Jensen. So that's three of their starters. Like that's huge. Um, so I do worry about the old line. But yeah. The defense, I think, is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And you know they haven't been you know, fully healthy um, in terms of, like, their receiving weapons yet. They haven't been whole. But O-line is definitely the weakness of the team. So before I let you go, Eli, give me your most interesting take that you've kind of learned that you didn't know before this season through the first two weeks of the NFL. Um, The Lions could... Sneak into the playoffs. Really? Okay, so you weren't on the Lions train to begin the year, so now that they're kind of making you a little bit yeah. of a believer. 
and it's like what again how we talked about the NFC's a really weak conference. That's a contributing factor to them possibly making the playoffs. Uh, there's there's not a lot of teams that are that good, especially even and now like the Cowboys. Who knows what they're going to be and how long Dak is going to be out there. Um, but their offense is so far through the first two weeks. Their offense has been one of the best, and that's enough to sneak into the playoffs, uh, especially in a weak conference. Eli, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Anytime. And once again, I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 486th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.